Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I am Deb, and the gentleman sitting next to me in a five-year-old hip-hop t-shirt is Doug. Hello. And our listeners will be happy to know I did find my deodorants. Yay. Yay. When life hands you lemons, paint that shit gold. <laughs> that, that, that's the shirt. That that's the wear. shirt, but it worked in, in context of yes. you finding your, uh, yeah. I found my anti- deodorant. Anti-stink stick. <laughs> so. Everyone can relax. I found my deodorant. He was Yay. inside his shoe. You're not a stinky Pete. I'm guessing there are cats involved. I'm gonna get you, stinky Pete. Crap, 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 and a crap cracker. What are you talking about? Sea lab. Oh, yeah. Twins chasing the seal. Totally. I'm gonna get you, stinky Pete. I totally forgot about that. Ah, that's one of my favorite quotes. It was me and me and Hayes Lewis going back and forth on Sea Lab and Aquatine Hunger quotes. I hope you can see this because I'm doing it as hard as I can. <laughs> Is that Sea Lab or is that Aquatine? It's Aquatine. It's when the uh, the aliens are flipping them off. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it just keeps getting a bigger middle finger. No, my favorite's when um, when Shake is holding out giving Meatwad the, the comics section of the paper. He hands him the coupons. And Meatwad's like, give me the comics or I'll kill you. Do what I say because I said it. <laughs> just the line, you do what I, you'll do what I, I say because I, I said it. That's a dad line. It then is. he starts dropping F-bombs. Fudge this, fudge, fudge that. that. Yeah. Oh, you're going to light that on fire, Meatwad, because you're a dirty white boy. Oh, I love the foreigner belt. How can you not? It's like, how can you hit us with your laser laser eyes when your eyes are filled with double vision? All right, who left this thing set on head games? Who's that? <laughs> your roommate is a nerd. Uh, uh, Aquatine Hunger Force. Uh. We're detectives. Oh, that lasted. We don't do that anymore. Well, they end up rebooting it, like, as, like, Aqua Teen Adventure, like, crime-solving show or something. Another, like, super long Aqua Teen title. Um, and they were trying to go back to them being, um... Detectives. Detectives. And it literally lasted, like, three episodes before it just kind of went back to what Aqua Teen is loved for. Which is, like, kind of a show that's completely nonsensical and falls down these... Weird, weird holes. Like what? when he writes a new birthday song with Getty Lee and doesn't pay him. So uh, no it's Getty uh, Lee. Zach Wild. Oh, is it Zach Wild? It's Zach Wild and Getty Lee. But Zach yeah. Wild's on the episode. Like I said, they're going to come kneecap him because has, they haven't paid him yet. Um, did you uh, <laughs> um, did you ever watch the, the behind the scenes on the, I think it was on the second season DVD, and it was like How to Write an Aqua Teen Hunger episode? Mm-mm. And it's just, uh, I think it's like, Ad- what is it, Adam and, um, Adam Reed and somebody else, uh, I think Matt Bolero, I think is the name I'm thinking of, um, like one shows up at the other one's house, and they're like, oh, hey, like, yeah, right, right, sure, sure, and then it's like, this really obvious, like, jump cut to them, like, lounging out in, like, computer chairs, and, like, borderline catatonic, and they're like, what about if this happened <laughs> and I'm like oh so really just smoke a big bag of weed and then sandwiches just yeah, sand- sandwiches. yeah how I made mother sandwiches yeah sandwiches were not this strong when I was a kid I just love the visuals that they put along with that with them actually having sandwiches <laughs> or putting them out in uh, ashtrays oh, God. he puts a sandwich out in an ashtray and then covers it up with a magazine oh yeah, that's the the one where he, what is it? He thinks Marshall's the dean. Yeah. See, and you think about that moment, and then compared to like no, last no, season, um, and Marshall it's, thinks that 
uh, he's the dean. Marshall thinks that Ted's the dean. Yep. It's when they first meet. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I was gonna say Marshall's already in the room enjoying a nice big sandwich, and Dean. I was gonna say, and Ted walks in. Oh, you're right. You're right. I've got it back. I've got it flipped. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Ted comes in. Although later in the episode, Ted is enjoying a sandwich. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. That's when they realize that he's not the dean. See, now I'm thinking about stuff that I love in that show. Is that the one where Lily is pretending to be pregnant because she's stealing a six pack of beer during their college years, and he's like. It's the moment you realize that girl's gonna be someone's mom, and you're like, oh. I can't remember what episode it was, but there's one where it's like, it's like uh, Ted's talking about something in the present day, our present day, and he goes, "I'm like, like I'm gonna tell my kids about this horrible story." It's and about Marty the... sleeping with 200 women. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> I just watched that. And, one. Yeah, and he cuts to the future. He goes, "Am I a, a bad dad? dad?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like. Oh, that's going to be me in about ten years. Ten years? You think you're going to wait that long to say horrible things to your daughter? That stuff? Well, I had to have her sit down and, you know. Because really the story of how Tracy and I met is is not, kid, you know, not really... Neither is the story of her conception. No. That's not adult-friendly either. That's a weird one. I was more thinking. And your other dad, John Jameson. (laughs) That's how most kids are... Come on. The Kyle Kinane. I think I'm an accidental adult. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we got today? I finally watched District 9. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, the same director as... Um... Oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking the Elysium is the same guy that did District 9. I've got him backwards. I like District 9. I did, too. Um, I actually... It's really funny, because you're going to laugh when I say this. The second I knew I was going to like it is when they finally open up the spaceship and go in and there's just shit everywhere. I'm like, alright, they thought about this. This makes sense. I'm okay with this movie. Yep. Oh, it's incredibly well thought out in terms of like real, like, you know, mm-hmm. semi-realistically but also with the, the added layer of it's about um, uh, apartheid and all that. Um, I was going to say, it's about, you know, social injustice and prejudice. And it's, uh, the two things that strike me is one, that it, it uh, was produced by the guy that did um, Day Watch and Night Watch, uh, Tamir uh, Burr, Berberbakov, or however you say is horrible, horribly long Russian, Russian name. last name, yeah. Um, but, uh, and really, it looked really good for it looked what, really what, I, good. what I consider to be kind of a shoestring budget. I mean... For something that ambitious. I, I think, I think it only, no, no. I, it was less than 10 million, which I know sounds like a yeah, lot, but... Like I said, for something that ambitious, they did great. Um, yeah, the CGI wasn't bad. I mean, the prosthetics looked great. I love their idea of what they would actually be wearing, like clothing. You know, things they can modify into clothing. It's, yeah, a lot of uh, uh, found items mm-hmm. and, and how the aliens survive, and yeah. And you're kind of touched by the little kid alien. And I was going to say the biotechnology was a very interesting twist. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I was going to say the twist about the, the uh, arms dealer in there wanting to eat the flesh to, I was going to say, consume its power. Oh, right. It's been a while since I've uh-huh. seen it, so... Um, let's well, it's really funny, because I was having a hard... Non-term was having a very hard time finding a copy for me that was compatible with the uh, technology I was using. I'm an idiot, and didn't look through all of the backup burns that I had, because I had it the entire time. Yeah. As a... W- w- As a burn DVD. 
Oh, is an actual DVD format yep. as opposed to trying to yeah instead of dick around on a with flash drive. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm an idiot. Like this is new. Uh, the other thing that I rewatched recently that I haven't watched in forever is I rewatched Army of Darkness. All hail Bruce Campbell. Hail of the King, baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's really funny because as I told you earlier in the week, my first thought when I'm rewatching this is, why is Guar attacking Bruce Campbell? <laughs> Because the lead bad guy really does look and sound like a member of Guar. You know, it's funny that the, um, what it reminds me of is, uh, that when the, all the skeletons are marching and mm-hmm. it's that stop motion animation, <laughs> it reminds me of when all the, um, the, uh, skeleton ghost army from, uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Me too. Like, totally, I was just like, and where's the, I'm like, where's the one playing the bagpipes? And where's Murder, She Wrote? Shouldn't she be leading this? Where's murder she wrote. Yeah. You know, Miss Potts. Oh. Murder she wrote. Oh, well. Or you can watch Castle. Murder he wrote. I love Castle. Don't you talk about Nathan Fillion that way. Uh, you know me. I will never disparagingly talk about Nathan Fillion. Ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, there's a reason why certain phrases from Army of Darkness are permanently part of my vernacular. Like, shop smart. Shop S smart. Yeah. Um, that's just pillow talk, baby. This is my boom boom stick. Boom stick. Oh, excuse me. Boom stick. And I like how he does the whole presentation on it, too. <laughs> Wal- walnut stock found in this aisle. <laughs> Retails about $199. Any of you primitive screw heads, even so much as breathe at me. It's a phenomenal, but and it, it, the weird part is it was it was a marked departure from Evil Dead, Dead One two. and Two. Well, Evil Dead Two was so different from Evil Dead One, just as he's like, you know what, this should have been a comedy. Yeah, but Army of Darkness is like it's so much more comedy than it is. Oh, it's hilarious. It was like one of those where they, I think part of it was like, could we make this commercially viable? <laughs> And how to do I so. I also just like thinking of Sam Raimi being like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just do every gag I've ever fucking wanted Fuck to it. do. Fuck it, yeah. Let's do, clo- like, let's do, like, uh, very fast, uh, uh, like, tracking shots uh, and close-ups of bad, bad special effects. Because that's... There's a part... That's his trademark. It's in Spider-Man 2. I was going to say, there's a part when he's finally in the graveyard getting the book, and there's one shot where you can see the book is clearly just a three-ring binder. Is it really? Yes. Awesome. I know. And the necro the Necronomicon has has been I mean that's really I mean it it permeated through with with Lovecraft, but I mean um I'm sure there's an entire generation um that learned you know that it kind of permeated our um pop culture through um uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um but then and then you know I didn't realize at the time, but you know, the, the, the magic words are the words from the day the earth stood still. Oh, I did not realize that either. Yeah. Klaatu Vrata Nikto. I mean, it's it's from the robot Gort in the original. I didn't see the remake, so. It's not bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. The remake? Mm-hmm. With uh, Keanu Reeves? It, no, uh, John Hamm is the one I'm thinking of is in that. Yes, he is. He like, is he like the lead human? No. He, he is a kind of a bit scientist character. Really? He's, I would say, a little bit more than bit, but no, he does not have a huge role in it. Okay. Too busy being a madman. He's too busy being awesome. Working in advertising. Advertising. Oh. Yeah. 
to so me. So do you think that when they're like advertising to men, like beers and sports shoes, they actually call it manvertising? <laughs> God, I hope so. Slash, God, I hope not. Meh. Yeah. Um, which is great because manvertising doesn't really affect me. So. I suppressed the urge to say something mean. Oh, say something mean. Yeah, I'm good. I'm practicing my sense my censorship skills. We can always we can always rely on that. Oh, it's going to be mean towards you, not horrifically racist or homophobic. Or homophobic, good. <laughs> um. So uh, apparently, you went in a Lion King rant this week. I did go on a Lion angry, King rant. An angry Lion King. Rant. I had uh, a coworker, uh, and it was. And this isn't what. This is kind of what started the rant, but the rant wasn't about this. Was that she uh, used Hakuna Matata um, out of context? Like it was not applicable when she used it, because it means like you know, like no worries and like, or it means like you know, friendship forever, right? Well, I believe the exact translation is no worries for the rest of your day. Hey, hey, hey's. No. Oh, then maybe she did use it because I said, you know, is everything okay? You don't find back here, and she goes Hakuna Matata, and I was like. Friends forever. That doesn't no, make any sense. Friends forever. That means but my know. my issue, and this is very specific. I, I think if I watched the movie, re, if if I had watched the movie recently, I think I'd have a longer rant. Because um, <laughs> I'm sure many things in that don't make sense, uh, despite talking animals. But um, I was going to say it's an animated feature about talking animals, well, where okay. a lion takes advice from a toucan. He's not a toucan. He's like one of those like weird. I guess is he kind of a toucan? I don't kind think of a he's toucan. a toucan. I think he's a more specific bird. Voiced by uh, Ron Atkins, but um, and the bird is going to be the bulk of my rant. But um, God. but here's here's your awkward moment when you watch when you watch Lion King, that uh, can you feel the love tonight? Is effectively a song about two lions fucking. That's what they do. That's not my rant. I'm just saying, put that in your head. Um, no, my big bitch, and let's, I, I'm hoping I can recapture some of the passion, is, um, so that goddamn bird. So, they put him in a rib cage. Right? And, like, you realize, if you look at it, if he just put his goddamn fucking arms down, he could get out of the rib cage. And you never really see him fly. He flies, like, once. Like, what the fuck? Like, do you even need the wings? Like, just... Like, what... I don't understand how he's trapped. And, like, where... The, the fucking monkey disappears. The Benson... The, the Benson of the Lion King, voiced by Benson. Like, what the, he just kind of fucks off when Scar's running things. Like, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Who's sad? Sad monkey does not equal, like, fuck off monkey. What? Just because he's sad, like, he's the kind of character... He's you would be getting so angry about the Lion King. He's the kind of baboon witch doctor that... <laughs> that'd be a good name for a band. Um, They're the, a spin doctor's cover band. They only do it with those African singers from uh, Paul Simon songs. Awesome. I was thinking the singers from uh, African Child and Get Him to the Greek. He just makes the happy African face? Exactly. Um... No, like, he's the kind of baboon witch doctor, um, that when shit goes down, one, he fucking knew kung fu, so you know, like, he was ready for shit to go down. Like, 
why did he just fuck off? Like, why didn't he go fucking find Simba or start some kind of low, like, grassroots resistance? Like, he wasn't even there to keep, like, Lion King's mom or Simba's mom, like, at least upbeat that maybe things will change. And, like, why don't we, you know, try plotting against the hyenas? Like, it was just this, just this sad complacency throughout the, like, Lion's Pride Rock, like, area. And it was just, like... Fuck! Like, Scar turned it into modern-day Detroit, and, like, no one was doing anything about it. What's interesting is apparently there's actually a wildcat loose in Detroit right now. Why wouldn't there be? Like, fuck it. Like, put put that as mayor. I'm sure it'd be fucking better. Which is funny, because what my immediate think was, so is that a subplot in RoboCop that I don't know about? That was going to be RoboCop 2. It was RoboCop versus, uh, the, the wild, uh, like, a wildcat. Cat Detroit, yeah. yeah. It'd be like in Hot Fuzz when they're chasing the swan. Um, the swan's escaped again. Swan! Um, but no, like, so, so okay, fuck, beyond, beyond the bird escaping, like, the disappearing baboon witch doctor, like, fuck. fuck. And then, like, the, like Zimba never questions, and he's like, you know, he, he, well, I guess he like, considered himself exiled, and it was like, so he never, well, like... In his head, he committed patricide, so... Still! Like, he never... Like, thought, like, maybe I'll go... And, like, how, now, like when did Nala leave? Like, when did... Like, she just fucking... She was like, well, fucking hyenas. Like, there goes the neighborhood. Like, they're voiced by, you know, minorities, so that's terrible. So I should leave. Like, yes, the she's, hyenas. yeah, she's like, fuck it, like, let's, <laughs> gentrification of the jungle, like, I'm gonna go live in Iowa now, like, where there are no minorities, um, like, and then well, she just, I like, and then she there finds, are minorities, they're just a lot fewer. The, minorities in Iowa are like wildcats in Detroit, there's only a couple. Right, now I'm imagining a whole pack of wildcats roaming the streets of Detroit. Voiced by Cheech Marin and Whoopi Goldberg. And they have the bit character that just laughs. Yeah. Uh, what was his name? Like, Frank? Ed. Ed. Um. Ed? <laughs> um. That was my hyena laugh for the internet. Um. You don't like the live bait joke song that Timon and Pumbaa sing? The what? The live bait joke song that Timon and... I was going to say Timon and Pumbaa sing. Is that the, the, like... Are you Yep, yep, yep. Yep, for some bacon. bacon. Yep, 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 yep. He's a big pig. You can be a big pig too, boy. And then he thrusts his crotch out like fucking Madonna, and that's even weirder. Um, Not as weird as the fact that he's wearing a luau outfit. Yeah, like where the hell did they get that? Did they carry around? Like, did they? Is there some unseen carrot top prop trunk they carry around that no one saw until then? Well, now there is in my head. That's fantastic. Oh. Oh, anyway, so really this whole thing turned from that bird escaping to how I'm irritated that the Kung Fu uh, monkey butler shaman, like, just fucked off and didn't, like, what, he, oh. I can't believe you got this anger with the Lion King. Well, okay, like, I understand that, like, he couldn't directly take on Scar because that would mean, like, it's like, a, like, like, you know, a hundred hyenas versus a monkey, but, like, You'd think the lions would, like, rise up after that. They'd be like, oh, shit, like, we gotta, we gotta help our monkey savior. And fucking, you know, and then at least, like, kind of, like, 
push back the hyenas, and then... I like how you totally want him to turn into Malcolm X. Yeah! Yeah. I want him to be, um, I want him to be Monkey X. Not to be confused with the movie with uh, Matthew Broderick. Like Project X. Monkey X sounds like a villain from... Uh, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like how we thought the same thing there. Yeah. Sugar, spice, and everything nice. And compound X, X. or whatever it was. I think it was a compound X. I don't. Something like that. We've, we've argued about that off, off air. It's not important. Yeah. Although now I'm hearing the, the Powerpuff Girls music in my head. Were you as creeped out by the Satan character in Powerpuff Girls as I was? sneeze. Bless you. Hmm. At least you don't do what the non-turn does. Every time I have to sneeze, he yells Pika. What's the nerdest one? Science! Crap. Or the Seinfeld, you're so good looking. Okay, I think I'm hit. Um. Yes, yes, I was creeped out by the devil character. Because he had like the weird like little girl giggling voice with like the satanic death metal thing in the back and then he had like crab claws and he wore like a tutu yeah yeah it was weird it was disturbing fair enough loved it <laughs> don't get me wrong huge appreciation for Craig McCracken loved No Neck Joe <laughs> SNM SNM Satan what was the character that wanted to turn everything into meat mm. I don't remember but I know what you're talking and about they had some episode where he hits bubbles with the, like the edge of some and she turns gray. into like a lamb no, ch- no, or her leg turns into a lamb chop one of her pigtails turns into a drumstick drumstick with yeah 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 did you see the one where they all took uh they all took their own superhero identities and uh uh i'm trying to remember all their uh, all their names blossom buttercup and bubbles uh bubbles became like this like lisa frank unicorn um like uh sugar plums and fairies type um and then which ones? What's the what? Who's the leader? Was that uh, that's Blossom? Blossom became like a Wonder Woman, like all American, and then who am I? Who am Buttercup. I, but and then Buttercup became like the shroud, and it was like Spawn, and she was like in this like like dark swirling like shroud cape, and she's like I only go out at night, like oh I can't help you, I have to stay in the shadows, like it was fucking, and she like thought of her own like like Spawn-esque Batman-esque like backstory of tragedy that's pretty awesome I'm gonna have to it's a really good now. episode but she calls herself like yeah like the Shroud or something and like there's a part where they're like they're losing in a battle versus the villain and she's like standing in the shade of a tree because it's daylight she's like oh, I'm sorry I can't leave the confines of the shadows <laughs> and she's you know got like the you know well before Christian Bale but she's got like that the, the Christian Bale voice it's really good You know, Doug, you really should think about quitting smoking. Because I've smoked two in 23 minutes? It's a general statement. Oh. Are you concerned for my health? What? What? Why? Of course I'm concerned for your health. Don't be. I'm not. (laughs) Don't you want to live a long and vaguely productive life? Mm Mm-mm. Not long, no. But I can live a short, productive life. They're gonna give your daughter some issues. What? What? You? I, you know. Well, there's a, there's a lovely piece of denial where it's like, well, my dad smoked seeds in the '60s. For what I'm, 
from what I know, he has no distinct health problems. Um, or someone would have contacted me if he were dead or dying. So I consider no news good news. Okay, I think we're going to move on. I don't think I'm going to pierce through your layers of denial in the next ten minutes. Not even close. What if I just kick you in the shin and take them away from you? I'd freak out by the end of the podcast. Would you be threatening the cats? I threaten them anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, onion movie. Got about halfway through it. Um, you know, it's really hard to make a clips movie. Well, it, you know, it reminded me a lot of movie 43. Mm-hmm. Um, it The thing is, what they did was um, they, they took, like, onion headlines and, like, kind of built a movie around it where it's about, like, the fictitious... Well, not now. Uh, now it exists. But uh, the fictitious, like, you know, um, onion, like, news network. And, um, you know, they just kind of... Uh, Every headline is like the that's the the that's the sketch, mm-hmm. and um, it just it just it didn't really like I literally got halfway through and was just like meh, and it's got some really funny people, but it's they're like relatively not well. I think it was filmed in like two thousand two. Yeah, I was but you have it's, it's a lot older. But yeah, it didn't come out till like two thousand eight. Um, but you had uh, in quick cameos. You had Paul Shear. You had. Uh, Joel McHale and Jim Rash, and I'm going. If these people like, if you made the Onion movie now with at least those three people in it, it'd be it's hilarious. So yeah. But still, no. Well, it's really funny because I can think the only thing that I really found the only clips movie that I actually really enjoy is still the Kentucky Fried movie. Which is what movie Forty Three was trying to be. That was the Fairly Brothers trying to have like a modern one, and it's like. It's hard to capture that magic. Like I said, I really like the Kentucky Fried movie. Catholic high school girls in trouble. See how, see what happens when they stay out past curfew. <laughs> Apparently you end up chained up topless in an S&M dungeon being whipped by a midget. Yeah. That's what happens if you stay out past curfew. That ever happened to you? No, I never broke curfew. You have another thing I'm in denial about. What? The repressed memories of ending up in an S&M dungeon being whipped by a midget. Ooh, that's going to be a few therapy sessions. What the... Was it Uncle, uh... Uncle Touchy's Naked Puzzle Basement? Yeah. Oh. Take off your shirt and cry a little. No, where you don't wear a shirt and you cry. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Seeger still hasn't gotten back to him about that. Not a a surprise. I didn't know that, um... Speaking of of Patton real quick, I was kind of researching uh, a bit about the Indian movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... Kind of came across like the, the article had mentioned like Scott Ackerman talking about it, and I was like, "That's weird." I wasn't aware that Ackerman had anything to do with it, so I kind of looked it up. Yeah, do you know that he and Patton pitched a a network pilot that never got picked up? Really? I gotta know what that is. I really want to know. What like, that is. yeah, like I'll 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 research. Was it Axe Cop? <laughs> no kidding, sir. He's Patton soccering. Of course, he'd be on Axe Cop. Bookie. Is that his character's name? Something like that? In Axe Cop? Yeah. Soccer Ring. Oh, is it Soccer Ring? Yeah. He uses sock attacks with his sock arms. Because <laughs> that's what a five-year-old would come up with. It's a beautiful show. It warms your heart? 
It does. It warms the cockles of my little black heart to watch Axe Cop. I'm, I'm, I'm really psyched for the next season. I don't uh, think you had a heart. I thought it was just an ashtray. Have I shown you that picture of the heart full of cigarettes? No. Yeah, I think it's actually, I think the file name is actually what my insides look like. Oh. Yeah. It's not. A, it's not a very happy picture. That's okay. You're not a very happy person. Mm-mm. Hmm. No, I'm not. So you made me a fucking awesome mix for my birthday. Oh, we talking about that? Yeah. Have you gotten to the last track yet? I haven't. I'm just gonna say, unfortunately, it's slow got... goings because my computer is old and the discs are a little banged up. Yeah, but I bet you've gotten to the first track over and over again. <laughs> that is actually in mistakes I made this week. Because the first track on the mix you made me is the Doctor Who theme song, mm-hmm. I now listen to that almost every day when I leave the apartment and pretend it's the opening to my day slash show. It's, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's the it's, it's the theme music to get me started on. You the just day. walk out the hallway and you imagine like the the, the wormhole wormhole oh, yeah. tunnel no, that you're the TARDIS. Do. Yeah. And in my head, I make I up my, like I said. In my head, I make up my own uh, credit sequence that plays in the background. Oh, I can think of worse. David Tennant's still the Doctor, but <laughs> you know, you're I. We won't get into this, but uh, in depth. But you're you're right. I'm you know I I, I made, told you you'd warm to Matt Smith. Yeah, I, I you know you I I was kind of adamant about like I think Tennant's gonna be my Doctor, and I'm really warming up to Matt Smith, mm. especially after the A Good Man Goes to War. So. When you find out that, you know, on another planet, the doctor means mighty warrior. And it's like, did you ever think, like, this is what you'd become? And it's like, holy shit. Yeah. You just broke his fucking brain. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because uh, on the mix that you made me, you put a song by Garfunkel and Oates that I'd never heard before. And I, like I said, I put the mix, I ripped the mix and put it on my iPod. And I'm walking to work listening to it. And hand job, bland job, I don't understand job comes mm-hmm. on. And I started laughing like a maniac because it was so funny. People must have just thought I was freaking insane on my walk to work. I think I called you immediately because mm-hmm. yeah. I was crying with laughter. Yeah. Um, I ended up putting, uh, I put, that's my favorite song by that and uh, the Go-Kart Masturbation song are my two favorites by them. And well, then, you put a Turn for the Douche on my Which is your too. favorite song. It is, but that's more just because I've worked in bars for so long. A lot of times you can, you can almost see the moment where things take a turn for the douche, and you're like, Matt, I'm done with this for tonight. Yep, things took a turn for the, the douche. douche. Um, yeah. So I you, think I'm going to get my boss to put in rotation on some of the music we have. Do you want me to, to, to tell you on, on air what the last track is? Sure, why not? It ends with the Venture Brothers thing. Oh, that's right, I knew that. Oh, did you? Gave you? Me, you gave me the listing, remember? That's right. You know what, actually, we should probably post that on the, uh, on the Facebook or the tweets. Sure. Your track listing for me. Sure. Because it was full of wind. Yeah. Um, I'm sad that they didn't have this. You know, that'll be the the September blog. Yeah, I'm sad you didn't have this corrosion by uh, Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, but we saw World's World's End afterwards. I can tell you, though, the next fucking day I was at work and I totally made a Sisters of Mercy station on Pandora and was listening to that. It took me back. The only way Sisters of Mercy got on your mix is by. It being a Sisters Murphy's Mercy song, but it was a cover. I put uh, yeah. the Cradle of Filth cover, cover of No Time to Cry. Because um, I, I don't like that, that dark wave crap. Between between you and my ex, like, I, I can't... Ugh. I've never liked... I've never liked Bauhaus, but I like um, Love and Rockets. That's weird. Yeah. Um, 
I just, it's one of those things. I do. I, I don't like Bauhaus. I don't like Sisters of Mercy. I don't like Erasure. I don't like... I do love Erasure so much. I, why wouldn't you? But they're so awesome. No, they're not. Yes, they are. It'd be a good thing. For, it'd be a good mashup for the, uh, for the YouTube is, uh... David Lynch, David Lynch movies with uh, that over like we call it the Razor Head. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh -huh. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I was gonna say, but I mean, always is the theme music for Robot Unicorn Go. What the fuck is? Oh, is that? It's the game. Uh, uh Ro Robot Unicorn Attack or whatever. Yeah, and it's, you can unlock all the Erasure songs. God damn you, Adult Swim. What? Because they know us. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun game too. I had the first one. I didn't get the second one. I was I wasted a lot of hours in that. You've been wasting a lot of hours playing games recently. I'm still working on four pictures, one song, because they unlock some new levels. But I'm very close to being uh, very close to finishing it, and apparently has managed to get all of my friends addicted to it. And since I'm farther ahead than them, they're always coming into the kitchen and being like, "What's this?" Yeah. No. Yeah. I um. No. I I got uh, really frustrated trying to beat uh, get all the stars on um. Plants vs. Zombies. Not that I'm giving up. I just I needed a break um, from uh, from one of the levels and uh, got into like a kind of a th what I thought was going to be a throwaway game called J uh, Jelly Splash. Um, and I'm on like level 36 out of 140 something. Like I got like two days ago. I'm just like yes, but I think it's because it's so mindless. Um, well, I only like puzzle games, so. No, this is like you match the colors and. Um, you know, you have to destroy obstacles in your way and all that kind of stuff. Slime guards. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, though I did, uh, I did get through the, uh, the, the, the weekly event on, uh, Zombies Ain't My Friends. Uh, didn't get, didn't get the big battle axe I wanted. Uh, but I did get the gas mask that gives you, uh, plus 12 energy, so I'm pretty happy with that. Fair enough. Yeah. Why didn't you get the battle axe? Um, it... It's like real-time ranking, so I lose rank when I'm, like, asleep. Oh, okay. Because people in Australia are, like... Awake? Awake and playing and, you know, beating my score. And it's, like, by the time I wake up and, you know, play, I'm, like, you know, like, 200 slots lower than when I went to bed. And I'm, like, well, I'm not gonna get that. Um, yeah, but the gas mask that I'm happy with, it's, it's alright. I would've... Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I would've rather liked the, uh, the gloves that look like bear paws... Uh, they gave Meryl, bear paw. Bear, bear claw. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help. Oh, myself. did you see that um, uh, Amber Nash is um, holding a, a Pam Proofy um, cosplay? No, that's um, awesome. A cosplay contest. Oh my god, yeah. Meryl, bear claw. I'll Sorry, uh, I when I when I uh, when I I'll get some pictures and I'll send them to you. Um, <laughs> or or Google. You know, Amber Nash, like, Pam cosplay. What was the one about her auditioning to be an agent? This goes on for another soul-crushing 27 minutes. How would you know? You left the room. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Um, Sorry, bear paw gloves. Uh, they're not right. They were plus 12 um, attack. Are they from the bear with a knife in the Venture Brothers? No. No, they look like panda hands. Are they from when Ben Stiller freaks out and kills a panda in Tropic Thunder? Kind of. Okay. And Matthew McConaughey thinks he's talking about a hooker. <laughs> Amanda, dude, that's probably not even her real name. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I got your TiVo, Tuggernaut. All right, all right, all right. As good as he is in that movie, oh my God, Tom Cruise is less gross than... Was, like, the surprise, like... He was, it's the dancing and the, the singing. No, the it's the... It's the when he's talking Dick about, Dick like... Dick Swinging past your knees, y'all. Bill Hader, yes. yeah. No, it's Bill when Hader he's, is his fucking yes man and his lackey. is hilarious. No, it's when he's uh, trying to, quote-unquote, negotiate with the terrorists. And he's like, I will cram your fucking head up your own dick hole. <laughs> like I said, the dancing. It, it was... It was it, same same fun value as weirdly uh, uh, Ben Stiller being fat at the end of Dodgeball. Oh yeah, and singing the milkshake. Thing yeah, yeah. With his tits. Yeah. With his man tits. But I, I have to tell you, I think the highlight of that entire fucking movie is still the previews and the commercials they do at the beginning for Tropic Thunder because when they have Robert Downey Jr. Junior. and Tobey Maguire in what? The Devil's Alley. I think it's like Devil's Alley or something like that. It's just hilarious. And they're like playing with each other's rosary beads. Yeah. Oh and they have, God, what what song is it in the background? It's one of the... It's, it's one from, of the, the, from like the Peaceful Moods uh, compilations. It's the, the what about. do they call them? The the monks of... Um, well, they're Benedictine monks, but... Yeah, but remember... But that specific song, it's the... Same You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They oh, yeah. have that in the background. I'm in the movie theater with my then boyfriend, and he and I are just dying. It and really, the, does, yeah. It just sets the mood for the whole movie, and it's like winner of the coveted Iron Monkey Award. <laughs> winner, best MTV <laughs> movie awards, awards best, best kiss. kiss. Oh, that was so good. And this Robert Downey Jr. plays it so well because you just you see the intensity and the torturedness in his in his face with his ice dragon eyes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, and I think he's blonde in that one, isn't he? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's blonde there, and then he's blonde at the end when he starts like when he's coming out of character. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not Father O'Malley. Oh. I'm not Neil Armstrong. <laughs> Oh, it's such a good yeah. movie. Uh, as we're distracted by Tropic Thunder. And talk about, yeah, talk about, we have Army of Darkness talking about putting phrases into your vernacular. I mean, you never go full retard. Oh, God. Farting in the bath, giggling like an idiot. Yeah. It makes my eye water leak. God, it's so bad, too. And you can, it, it really is just them taking a crack at Sean Penn and I am Sam. Oh, and well, and Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, and yeah, um, Gump what's the one? Uh, no, yeah, Tom Sam is the one where he's retarded trying to get the kid right. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody saw him about Rain Man and Forrest Gump. They weren't. Rain playing. Man was the one I was trying I was to. Was going to say. I was going to say. Charming as hell can count. Yeah. <laughs> never go full retard. You never go full retard. Because it's just this horrible mashup of I am Sam and of mice and men, and you're like, oh no. And you've got his wife in there playing the, the I was going to say the, the love interest character. I think you've got a fine brain. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's her name? McCormick. Um, I think it's Christine. Christine McCormick, yeah. yeah. Which I was actually just recently rewatching The Wedding Singer, and she has a pretty decent role in that, too. She's a slutty friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're cousins, actually. Oh, are they? It's, I think they're she's cousins. She's a slutty cousin? Yeah. Where she's like doing the thing with the French fry. She's like, you know what? I think sexy. Robbie right. Hart. Hart. Yeah. They're getting down to fucking China Doll. China by, Doll by, by uh, David Bowie. Which is really funny because I love 
the George character in that movie. He was supposed to be Boy George. Oh, but, the the like the 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 keyboardist character. Yeah, and I think it's, I think he's actually named George in the the movie. Yeah. I was gonna say, but I love all the gags they have with him doing. Do you really want to hurt me? And everybody hating it every time. Well, he like see, well, yeah. Do you really want to Boo. hurt me? Yeah. No, it's when it's when uh, it's when Handler's like completely brokenhearted and he's just discussing all the <laughs> the losers at the different tables. He's, fatty what, lady with the sideburns. Table five. Yeah. He's on the creeps at table eight. We'll probably never find love. <laughs> love stinks. Love stinks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You remember when that song of his became like oh, are you a minor I still hit? love yeah. that song. I, I listened to a lot of Cure when I wrote this. But it was all Shit. It's all a goddamn joke. My favorite line is, but when I think of you, Linda, I oh. hope you fucking joke. No, it's the joke where he goes, and take out my Van Halen shirt. Before you curse the band. And they break up, oh. yeah. And that was one of those, like, when a lot of my friends saw it at first, they were like, I didn't realize the whole movie was in the 80s. I thought it was like going to be like a flashback. No. But it's like, it, it gave them such great jokes, like that Van Halen joke. like the. Well, yeah, but then they also have, um, God, he's, he was the lead in Grandma's Boy. I can't think of the actor. Uh, Al, uh, uh, Alan Culvert? Alan Culvert? Possibly, but yeah, like I said, he plays his friend, who's the limo driver, <laughs> and they have him doing, like, the Michael Jackson jacket. With when the he's wearing glove. the zipper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell your brother Tito I say hey. No, it's the one he goes, but she said she likes you. Really? No. <laughs> That was one of the first times I think I really had heard the really no joke and then absorbed it into my body. I was going to say, and then they have the the Eastern European cook who's obsessed with uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) Frankie says relax. Yeah. Which I'm sad we don't have it anymore, but for a really long time, my boss, Philip, actually had t-shirts for the bar that on the back said, Philip says relax. Nice. I didn't work there at the time, so I don't have one, but I really wish I did. Really, really. Oh, well. Um, So one of the things we actually founded the podcast on was the fact that everything I love, pretty much everything I love to watch and consume, is both highbrow and lowbrow at the same time. Yes. Like everything. We can start with something that we talk about pretty constantly. Archer. And then we'll follow that up with something else we talk about constantly. Um, How can something be so smart and so dumb at the same time? I mean, they make a Salvador Dali reference to, uh, I was going to say, to her, uh, to, uh, to no, it's Cheryl's Ocelot. Its name, it's the its name. name is Babu, after. One of the Ocelots that Salvador Dali had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, and that's, that's, could be probably considered a, uh, a pop culture reference, but I mean. It's totally a pop culture reference, but it's also. But to have things like that, or when Archer, uh, uh um. You know, sites like Howard Mankin or like, you know, like, you know, highbrow uh, or, you know, uh, uh, in, uh, intellectual and academic uh, writers. I think we have a literal magic bullet. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the same breath goes, what is that? Dora made out of Wolverine's bones? What? Adamantium. Am I the only one that reads the X-Men? Well, because then they make that second joke to that later on when he said it's like a combination of adamantium and something that the elves did in Lord of the Rings. Uh, mithril. Mithril, that's right. Actually, they make mithril jokes kind of a lot, don't well, they? Well, because they're the, the, yeah, their technician guy's obsessed with um, Wish they had Lord of the Rings. cloak of frozen mithril. Rolf. <laughs> but they also Mithril's have... fucking tough shit, man. Anyway. It's a fictional substance. 
It's... Well, I mean, so is adamantium, but it's, still. Yeah, but it's understood. Because whenever you get mithril in Final Fantasy, you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta make some shit out of this. When they added, like, crafting into, like, you know, when you had, like, the Mo- the Moogle uh, workshops when they introduced that in Final Fantasy VII, and you were like, well, fuck, I gotta get some high-end mithril and mix in some, like, storm gem, and then I get, like, the badass lightning armor. Because at some point once you're gonna again, ha- high Because at some point brow. you're gonna have to fight an actual asteroid. Like I said, once again, highbrow and lowbrow. Because you have to do, you know, basic chemistry and physics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, stuff like that. But you're also doing it for a video game where you have to fight an asteroid. Well, Sephiroth summons an asteroid, but yeah. Please tell me you saw that birth announcement that was floating around on the internet a couple of years ago where they named the kid Sephiroth. No. Was it named after the villain? Why else would you name a kid Sephiroth? It's, it's, a, not like a, br- it's-, it's a branch of the Tree of Life in the Kabbalah. It's not like it's a family name. <laughs> I'm Jim Sephiroth, so we named, uh... No, the first name of this poor kid was Sephiroth. What not would you call him for short? Seth. Seth? Okay. Or Seth. Seth? Okay. But, okay, oh, here, here's your fucking... Well, now, would you consider this high and lowbrow if you were talking about Final Fantasy VII? Mm. The fact that you're playing a video game, but the writing is done so well that you actually cry... When Aerith dies. Do you cry during Final Fantasy? I got a little misty, yeah. What I actually was more impressed on with Final Fantasy is how well done the graphics were. It was, I think, the first Final Fantasy geared towards, like, I think the PlayStation and, like, the that generation of... Well, it's, just, it's the craftsmanship, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, they put a lot of craftsmanship into it, whether it be visually or story-wise. But story-wise was, like, cool... I remember, I remember my friend Rob had uh, was farther in the game than me, and I was like, he's like, yeah, man, don't build her up. And I'm like, no way, man, she's like my best healer. Like, I'll never die when she, with her on my team. And then she fucking ganks it, and it was like, God damn it! He did warn you. Yeah, yeah, he did. And he also didn't warn me about the uh, fake, uh, fake station, uh, fake system crash on um, Arkham Asylum. I don't know if you knew about this. Um, when you get to um, when you fight, you fight the scarecrow um, intermittently throughout the game. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like a mini, like a like a mini game where you have to like hide from his like fear gaze. Um, fear gaze. That's G A Z E. Continue talking. Not that he has like gaze. scary homosexuals running around. It's his fear gaze. And um, so when you get to the. Uh, the third and like final time you uh, you face him, um, I imagine the fear gaze would be kind of like the scare Jew. Be a what? Kind of like the scare Jew. A scare Jew. You don't know the Family Guy joke? No. They put up the scare Jew to keep Mort away. I think it's a scarecrow of Hitler. Oh God, that's awesome. Um, but uh, no, so you get to the. It's not as funny as a racist sunflower, but it's still pretty funny. So you get. To... <laughs> I don't even want to know. Exactly what it sounds like. Great. Um, <laughs> no, there's not vomit involved. Not that, was, kind, of, what, not yeah. that kind of sunflower. Blind people. <laughs> but um. Please don't do that. There is a chance I might throw up. <laughs> don't be black. 
don't be black. There's a <laughs> chance I might throw up. No, I was going to say, it's literally a racist sunflower, and he's yelling at Cleveland, Hey, boy, boy, stay off my lawn. Oh, God. And Cleveland's like, you're in it! <laughs> um, Sorry. So you get to the, and I think that the premise is, like, it's the scarecrow crashing, like, Batman's, like, the sensors in his cowl. Mm-hmm. But the way it plays out is you think your PlayStation just crashed. Oh, and it's like, that's awesome. And you've been playing, like, yeah, time. and it's like, like <gasps> and it's like 12 hours into the story where you're like, no! You're like, oh my god! And Rob, and Rob was like, Rob knew about it from, like, the internet and was like, let me know when you get to the Scarecrow on the third time. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. And he's like, I just want to see, you know, what the levels you look like. You know what, like. you really should have videotaped yourself while that was happening. Oh, it was like, if you think people seeing two cops and a girl was like, that freak out, like, you combine, combine... What did I say? Two cups and a girl. It's even worse. Um, it's just her pouring her own poop. Never mind. Um, but if you, ma- you imagine the, the two, two girls reaction video. Take that. And then you remember the, the one where the kid, the, like the mom turns off his WoW account and he starts slamming the keyboard and he tries to like ass rape himself with it. Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Like, combine that and you have my reaction to, I think my PlayStation just broke while I'm playing Arkham Asylum. It was and that Rob, bad. And Rob is just, I think, like, his face was red from clenching his jaw trying not to laugh because he knew if he laughed, like, then, not only would I freak out even harder, but I would kind of, like, go, wait, what a minute, like, wait a minute. But, like, I, I, like, I just imagine, like, his face was just clenched. And then, like, tears are streaming down his face from just, like, trying so hard to laugh. laugh. And then it, like, comes back online, and, like, my heart fell out of my ass, where I was like, oh, thank God. And then Rob's like, ah, I knew it, what happened? And I'm like, you're a dick, and I hope you get cancer. Yeah, and it's like, ugh. Ugh. But that's something that's smart and dumb at the same time, too. That was really smart of them to do. But your reaction to it's just ridiculous. Oh, God. I'm getting, like, I got a little anxiety to just talk about it. I was like, oh, my chest is closing up thinking about it. So, highbrow, lowbrow. Our second, well, actually, it might be our first favorite topic. Adventure Brothers. Yeah. Well, it's only our first favorite because you won't let me talk about Doctor Who, but yes. You need more time, Doug. I know. Oh, I know. It doesn't stop me from the little, the little gems. Why, why are you going to poke the bear, Doug? Poke the who bear? The who bear. Oh, well, but yeah, Adventure Brothers. Once again, something that's so smart and so dumb at the same time. Hold on. The Who Bear. When it, it's got a TARDIS on its stomach, and when it fires its little ray, it goes... It's the sound of them rubbing a penny against an E-string from a piano. Is it? Is that what that is? Yes. I'm going to make that my ringtone later today. Okay. But why is it that it keeps using with the brakes on? Okay, anyway. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Anyway. So Venture Brothers. So Venture Brothers. Very smart. Um, in terms of its satire, its sublo- it's it's um, the weird references to specific furniture. They do that in Archer too though. Yeah, they do. Um but no, almost it's it's a level of um, not only like satire about the genre with Johnny Quest, but like the kind of the social satire as well, and turning the tropes on their heads. I mean it's very, very smart. I was gonna say the uh Psychological not phases that these certain characters go through. The character the arcs are. No, I'm just going to say the henchman point of view with the character arcs. You know, the old retired supervillain. 
poor Johnny, I was going to say poor Action Johnny, who is just... Riddled with riddled on drugs. And, well, he's doing better now, but well, yeah, yeah it's just but total fucking neurotic the one, soul popper. What is it? The the science camp one where uh, Professor Z shows up and he and like he flips the. He's shit. like, you told me Johnny wouldn't be here. You told me he'd be cool. <laughs> it's like Doctor Z, man. Yeah, like I said, they have the the, the support group. The, for, the yeah, I was gonna go former, former boy, boy adventures. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. With Pat Oswalt as Wonder Boy. That's also the episode where they introduced my favorite gadget ever by the Monarch, the Scaryonet cannon. Oh, the one where he uh, it's, it's the, the hands with the webs. Yeah, the Scaryonet, uh, the Scaryonet cannon. Man, you just imagine them sitting around like, <laughs> okay, we're gonna have him do this. What should it be called? The Scaryonet. Like I said, no, I totally, that's completely exactly how I picture it, is them just dicking around. Although they've talked about how they have a bad habit called the wish book, where they write down stray thoughts that they want to happen, and I imagine Scary Annette canon being something that they wrote in the wish book at some point in time, and, and they managed to work it in. Yeah, they're like, we need him to be in a death trap. Hold on. Flip, flip, flip. Scary Annette canon. But it's also like they have their interesting, thought-out hierarchy of supervillains and heroes and, I was going to say, the uh, bureaucracy that they have to of go the, through. Of the Calamitous, yeah, the guild. I was going to say, and then now they have a sub-guild going on, which is uh, run by, uh, what's what? Phantom Limb. Phantom Limb with, uh, The Revenge Society. Call me Professor Incorrigible. Oh, you're not getting it. And that's, once again, Bill Hader taking over for uh, Stephen Colbert. What happened with that? Cause, like, I Stephen think he just Col- got too busy. Because he was, yeah, because he was, was on just, that, and he was on Harvey Birdman. Like I said, I think it was just scheduling conflicts. I thought it might have something to do with, like, contracts, because he dropped off of Har- the Harvey Birdman before he dropped off of Venture Brothers. It might be contractual, but I, like I said, I assumed it was just because he was too busy doing uh, the Colbert report. Because when he dropped off of Birdman, because he was the voice of Ken Saban, mm-hmm. um, after he left... Um, and they had, like, his twin brother come in or something, uh, you started seeing, like, the Colbert Report, um, like, billboards and stuff around in the show as, like, a nod to, like, you know, yeah, good like luck, said, good I, luck. I assumed that he was just, had scheduling conflicts. He does a lot. I mean, he, he doesn't just do the show. He does, like, a lot of political stuff as well. It's kind of weird. I don't think it's weird. No, 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 but I mean, I think well, it's full of win. It is full of win. But, I mean, it's like the Daily Show and the Colbert Report. Once again, a lot of the stuff they do is really dumb. But they're also very informative and talk about actual issues. What is that? That uh, the average viewer of The Daily Show is more likely to have a college degree than the average viewer of The O'Reilly Report? That makes sense. No, it's totally true. Oh, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, Fox News. We talked about them last week. If this isn't true, and this isn't true, then what is true? Yeah. Racist facts. I didn't know a fact could be racist. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Eugene Merman. That's interesting. I didn't know a fact could be racist. <laughs> oh, Eugene Merman. Uh, I was going to say, and one of our, both of our favorite authors in the entire world, who is novels and graphic novels and Warren comics, Ellis. Smart and dumb. Yeah. Like, Once again, you have that kind of, that air of satire, especially with Transmetropolitan. Transmetropolitan might be the best political satire I've ever read. Well, yeah, I mean, if we're not, I, I hate to say, I hate to count Thompson in satire, but I, I think obviously that was a stepping stone to Transmetropolitan, because oh, yeah. 
he's the he's that that cyberpunk mm-hmm. um, Hunter S. Thompson. Um, but, I mean, you talk about the I I think the smart dumb issue. Well, I, I'll do this as a kind of a two issue thing. The television episode or the television issue. Where a spider sits around and watches TV. Yes, okay, yeah, and he's got all the parodies of himself. And he gets the Air Jesus yeah. sneakers, yeah. and, um, uh, is that, yeah, that's the one that's got all the different, it's got Eddie, uh, Eddie Russo, uh, and, um, uh, Brian Hitch, and, uh, I think, uh, 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 Karen, uh, Dwyer draws part of that, Leah Hernandez is in it, um, that was a real, I mean, it's top-notch fucking... Top notch. Top notch. All aces in my book. <laughs> it's the bee's knees, the cat's pajamas. But like I said, it's just everything he does, it's so smart, but with such a playful air that he adds, you know, those little hilarious dumb touches. But then you have... Like, you know, what is it? They're, they're replicator machines on drugs or something like that? <laughs> Fuck you, you piece of shit dope box. I think is the quote I will... One of the quotes I will always remember In the future, that. even the machines are on drugs. And he's pulling out, and it's like, don't take it away from me, I'm listening to the Grateful Dead. It's something and it, about her... One of his assistants assaulting this guy who's a Hitler sex midget. That's one where they escape. Uh, yeah, for the for the for the day. It's just so but random. Then, and then in the newest one that he did, which I think is his smartest by far, Gun Machine. Now, if you keep a trans map, you have things like you know the the sex midgets and the flying uh, the flying clit liquor machines. Isn't that a, that issue that's mentioned? Those exist. No, but we'll, we'll get them anyway. They also have what the bowel loosener gun. The bowel disruptor. Yeah. Um, which I ended up ripping off for uh, another idea where uh, the gun, the the initials spell uh, crapper, I think. Um, uh, which I, mean, I spent so long trying to figure out an acronym for monkey. Young. Oh, yeah, it's justice. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Professor Ivo. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, the the child pornography issue yeah heart-wrenching poignant i mean and 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 contempt i mean really sadly contemporary where you where you hear about the you know when he's talking to the the curator i'm sorry the um the guy that the director of the like children's home and he's like the parents don't want him they get cycled here they end up on the streets they get busted for something they put him back in the home but they go out and they do prostitution to pay for the fines and then they, you know, they're dead inside because of, you know, no one cares. And it's like, that's just as, as to some extent true now as it is in that comic that was written years ago. And it's about, you know, an in, uh, indiscriminate time in the future. Yep. Um, and I believe that was up for an Eagle Award, if I'm not mistaken, or, or an Eisner. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think it won. It. The only award I know that uh, Warren's won off the top of my head is a lifetime achievement award, and he was not happy with it because um, it implies he's going to die a week later. Um, you say an Eisner, and I'm like, they have an award, Michael Eisner no, I'm s- award? No, not not that Eisner. <laughs> Sorry, kidding, um, kidding. And it's a, I, it's an eagle. Did I say eagle or did I say Eisner? Eagle. Yeah, well, you said yeah. Eagle and then possibly Eisner. No, it, well, he won the the lifetime for for Eagle, which is like the British Eisners, but um, so um. Yeah, Gun Machine, once again, incredibly intelligent. It's a very smart book, but they still have a character named Bat, who would, hates being human so much that he refers to his body as, what, a death bag? A death bag. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, once again, like, 
highbrow, lowbrow. I mean, you go, well, like, what what really could he say from the the voice by, from the point of view of a you know drug-addled alcoholic, you know, um, at at the point in time when you meet him, kind of washed up journalist. Yeah. Um, and then everything from like issue three and on, it's just, I mean, the first the first story arc with the Angels Eight Riot is is a civil rights movement. I was going to say it's a race riot essentially. Yeah. Although I have to tell you, I think one of my favorite characters he's ever done was Fred Christ. Speaking of the Angel Eights, right? Oh, yeah. Oh God. The chair leg of truth. Does the chair leg of truth look stupid to you, Frank? What is what does the chair leg of truth say? It says shut the fuck up, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's one of those I I'd like to see that as like an HBO series. I really I would, would. too. Unfortunately, I I think his ideal uh, Spider Jerusalem has gotten a little bit too old to play the Along role. Along the tooth would be yeah, Patrick Stewart. Because he he wrote the role for him basically. Yeah. And he would have been hilarious in it, especially with all the stuff you've seen him do in the last few years with American Dad. Like he has no problem delivering these horrific lines. Oh, but yeah. I mean, he's really kind of com- he's kind of done this weird turn into comedy, which is great. Well, it's just really funny because one of the last, I mean, one of the things in American Dad that pops into my vernacular all the time is him talking about doing weird stuff. <laughs> Butt stuff. <laughs> That's right, he does say that. Like I said, weird stuff. Butt, Butt stuff. stuff. And you're like, wow. Uh, he's a, he's a Shakespeare. Hold on, I want to get to this real quick. Um, we're hitting our mark. Here, I know. So. Did, you ever, you, did you ever read Planetary? No. It's on my. I was gonna say it's on my Amazon. List. There, there's an episode. There's an issue where. Um, do you want me to? Uh, yeah, you don't. Care. You don't mind. You don't um, mind spoilers. It doesn't involve. I was gonna say. But it uh, less than the. In- he, he he doesn't. Uh, Planetary is all fairly self-contained per issue, um, with huge over uh, huge you know uh, arcs. But um, one has uh, the death of a kind of a John Constantine character. Mm-hmm. And uh, at its funeral, it's all the like Vertigo characters, and they're talking about how twenty years later they all look silly. Um, and uh, you find out the 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 Constantine character, I think it's John Carter um, or, or something like that. Um, not to be mistaken with I wasn't ga- gonna you know any... ga- Gambit against space dinosaurs, but um, like I said, I wasn't gonna make any jokes there. Um, but he uh, he turns out he faked his death to find out who's trying to kill him. And uh, you know, they're like, well, you're going to go back to being like Constantine and, you know, you were like, you know, the, the heart of the, like, the 80s underground type of da da And he goes, and he, uh, like, kind of like uh, strips down kind of the John Constantine trench coat. Yeah. And uh, he's smoking, what, the silk cuts and all that. And all yeah, that. well, he still smokes. We'll get that. We'll get him there in a second. But he uh, starts stripping down, like, you know, the, the trench coat. He ends up in a, um, in just, uh, like, a, a suit jacket and he's got the spider jerusalem chest tattoos Aww. and lights a cigarette with his head down like like spider, spider does and he goes nope it's time to be someone else and disappears into the uh mm-hmm. into the shadows and it's like it's one of those like warren warren ellis is saying like here was kind of like where we came from and kind of here's where we're going. going or you know here's where we've gotten to like you know look at how silly but look at where it led you know so um you know, and I, I yeah, took that as like a, a criticism to to Bendis's um, uh, run on Marvel, which we'll probably get to next week. Uh, that's a really good topic. I don't, I don't want to lose it. Okay, maybe I know we're running minute. low on time. Um, the internet told me I'm wrong. Yeah, these are super quick. Um, the third Metrop- London Metropolitan Cop who could not think of his, last uh, week. I was going to say his was, superiors was was Steve Coogan. It was uh, Martin Freeman, Bill Nye, and Steve, Steve Coogan. Coogan. 
Um, and then the line we could not remember from World's End about what they were... Naming the, naming the blanks. Naming the blanks where we thought of no bots and blue bloods. And there was the one where we were like, oh, they say this line. And the line was, uh, nothing we've said in the last ten minutes comes even close, close to, to smashy, smashy, smashy Eggmen. Which I love. Um, which is, a, I, yeah, like I, I had said uh, before we recorded, will probably be our dying words. Smashy, smashy Eggmen. Smashy, smashy Eggmen, you know, dead. And then, you know... Yeah, everything collapses out your ass. Um, death rattle. Death rattle. So, um, social contract, asshole. When I'm wandering uh, downtown, taking care of some stuff. Taking care of business. Taking care of business, as the yellow would say. Or was that Bachman Turner Overdrive? It's yellow. Is it a yellow? Or BTO, or one of those abbreviation bands? Um, uh, the abbreviation band would be a good name, too. Um, they had opened for... We didn't want to say if it They'd was open the for Witch Doc, Baboon, or Baboon Witch Doctor. I would assume that band. all their songs would they would only be like half finished. They would just be a series of letters, and you have to figure out what they all stood for. Oh God. Um. So, write this down real quick. Um. Uh, an idea that I'm not going to say on air, but I, I need Deb to. Um, <sighs> but it's uh, how to summon the haunted. I thought of this this morning. You're going to love it, and maybe I'll share it next week. Uh, when I kind of uh, fleshed out the idea. But, um, so, I'm downtown, and I know I have my headphones in, so I'm a hard person to reach, uh, verbally, which, that's the point of my headphones, I think we've talked about this, ad nauseum. It's the, it's the extending your barrier to the world. Yeah, it's, it's my armor's up, you know, my shields are up, um, I've diverted all the power from the second coupling to the shields, and, you know, leave me the fuck alone. But no, some people, and this goes kind of on the same, along the same lines as forced social interaction. You know, you could walk up to me and mime that you want me to bum you a cigarette. Or use your lighter. Or use my lighter. Um, you could mime that at me, uh, politely. Don't try to yell over what I'm listening to. One, I'm probably listening to a podcast, so it's not that loud anyway. You know, I'm not listening to Slayer. You don't need to yell, and I'm hearing you over whatever I'm hearing. But just to, like, give me a cigarette, please! Or, like, you know, can I use your lighter? Do you have a moment for the Lord? Sign my Greenpeace, you know, fucking... Most people are the worst, man. Uh, yeah, I understand there are children in need. Uh, our planet's falling apart. Uh... Uh, you're having a nick fit. I get it. I don't you don't need that. to yell, but you don't. I don't see how that negates my need to be left alone. I don't either. This is just kind of an uh, uh, addendum to that, where it's like, why the fuck? One, one, you're yelling. Not only can I hear you, but everyone in a half block radius is now aware that Did you, you need are. A cigarette? That yeah, that you are. Yes, that not only are you yelling, but you're yelling at someone specifically, <laughs> like so. You know, like 40 people turn around to be like, what the fuck? This guy is yelling. And then it's like, all of a sudden, I become the, like... The center of attention. Yeah. And it's like being fucking proposed to on a Jumbotron. Like, I don't want to fucking look like a dick and say, like, I don't have a cigarette. Um, but at the well, same time, yeah, you're... there's been some really bad videos online lately of people getting rejected for wedding proposals. Well, that's what they get for doing it in fucking public. You know, like when I was gonna ask uh, uh, a girlfriend uh, to marry me, I had been uh, kind of plotting it uh, as it got closer and closer. And you know what? I wasn't gonna fucking do it in public. I wasn't gonna do it at a restaurant. 
Because, you know what, if she would have said no, then I would have paid for the saddest meal on the planet. Actually, they probably would have comped it if she said no. I would have fucking made her pay for it. I'd been like, well, fuck you. Like, they probably would have comped it if she'd said no. Well, if she laughed. I don't think she would have gotten up and laughed. We would have just sat in there and eaten our awkward dessert and fucking... And then I'd been like, well, you're fucking paying for this. It just got sad now, didn't it? It did. So don't yell at people. On and that note, don't propose in public and don't yell at people. Yeah, and don't, yeah. And certainly don't yell marriage proposals. Um, though that does sound like a good idea to me. Talk to you next week. Jesus. Who's that knocking at the door? Why, it's our supervillain friend of the show. Nice to meet you. Really? No. Well, we have some questions we'd like to ask you. I would be happy to answer them, if I were capable of feeling. Gary King of Newton Haven asks, What are ideal pairings of wines and meats? Beef? A lighter red, such as a Merlot or a Pinot Noir, would go well with beef. Curry dishes? An off-dried Riesling, an unoaked Sauvignon Blanc, from California or even a young Zinfandel, will work very nicely with beef curry. Duck? A Syrah from France or from California, or with a Washington State Merlot. And chicken. A French Beaujolais, not Nouveau, or a late Australian Shiraz. Fried chicken calls for a dry rosé from Spain or southern France. And of course, I will let all of those wines chilled. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!